Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearned, not just another conservative blog. Well, we have a lot to go over today, a lot of news uh, to go over today, uh, including the situation in Seattle with the uh, CHAZ, or the so-called Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And also there's the uh, mayor of Minneapolis seeking federal aid after um, the looters and rioters caused about $55 million in damages to that city during the rioting uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, also, I want to talk about um, the idea of rights and responsibilities. I think we can kind of tie in the idea, uh, particularly when it comes to who should be responsible for paying that $55 million in damages for Minneapolis. Um, just going to, there's an article in National Review from June 5th uh, covering this. So I'm just going to read a little bit from it. And this is. Uh, National Review uh, article from on John or June fifth from Zachary Evans. Um, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey will seek state and federal aid to rebuild city structures following over a week of looting and rioting. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reported Friday. Some two hundred twenty buildings have been damaged and require at least. 55 million in repairs. The city's community planning and economic development department said earlier this week, noting that the city was not yet ready to produce a credible estimate. City council members warned that the cost will likely be far higher, while Mayor Frey said damages could reach into the hundreds of millions. And of course, the, uh, the article goes on to describe uh, the damages and how much uh, was done, uh, including uh, mentioning that after the uh, Freddie Gray riots in in Baltimore, the FEMA denied uh, Larry H Hogan's request for $19 million in aid. So, um. So it should be a little bit disturbing, I think, particularly to the uh, conservatives, that the mayor of Minneapolis, after allowing his city to be destroyed, um, or at least large swaths of it to be burnt down, looted, and damaged, that he would like for the American taxpayer to pay for the damage. Now, I don't know about... Uh, you, but I was not in Minneapolis at the time. I did not take part in any of the rioting or looting. Um, I'm guessing that most of you did not either. I don't think 99.9% uh, .9 of the people living in America took, America took part in the riots and caused the damage. Um, but for some reason, we're expected to help pay for it. Um, that comes down to kind of a trend 
uh, we talked about uh, in previous episodes about uh, uh, particularly mayors and uh, governors being risk averse and not taking responsibility for their own situations in their states in their cities um, I think that a better solution might be to uh, enact a temporary uh, raise in the sales tax for Minneapolis and in Minnesota um, I don't know what the sales tax is now uh, if even they they have it but I think what they should do is uh, Mayor Frey should institute a sales tax in the city of Minneapolis maybe increase it by a percent or two in order to cover that 55 million uh, in repairs that he's asking for rather than having all of us pay for it now this damage wasn't done by the rest of America. I mean, there were people came probably from other states, no doubt, to take part and instigate in the looting and burning. But I'd be willing to guess that most of the people uh, who did it lived in either Minneapolis or somewhere in Minnesota. And so I think it's only fair for those people to pay for the damages. Now, yes, um, a sales tax is a regressive tax and people will have to pay more for their goods certain goods uh, if the taxes enact was was enacted um, but these are the people I mean there has to be some way to make those responsible or for a large chunk of those responsible to pay now these people who did the looting they will probably never be caught they will probably never really see justice they'll never never be uh, asked to give back what they they took they'll never be asked to uh, to compensate the stores and businesses that they stole from and the damages that they did um, so how do you get people those people who did the lot looting and damaging to pay for their damage and uh, the answer is raise the sales tax. Uh, I would raise it in Minneapolis. And since people came from different parts of Minnesota, um, I think the governor also should, uh, Tim Waltz should also uh, do a temporary increase to the state sales tax to help pay for it and make it perfectly clear that the tax will stay on until the 55 million has been raised then then it can be uh then the tax can be expired and returned to whatever the normal tax rate is for the city and state now does this mean that people who uh did not do uh damage to the city will be paying extra for their goods and services inside the city yeah um, the way I look at it is they are, I mean, do the damage themselves, and most of them didn't, then, but, you know, where, where were they? Where was their, where were they trying to uh, defend their businesses? Where were they uh, trying to uh, 
quell the rioting. I mean, you had uh, thousands of protesters in the street there. I'm sure they greatly outnumbered the number who actually took place or took part in the looting and rioting. Uh, if only a small fraction of them had decided uh, once the looting, the looting started and the rioting started that they were going to start uh, protecting their own city, you know, particularly those who lived in the city and enjoyed their the services and shops and all that inside uh, Minneapolis, that maybe they would have um, made some effort to to stop the rioters. Um, but again, I, I don't know of any uh, instances where uh, people stopped the protest, which, I mean, it's all well and good to protest for George Floyd's killing, but, I mean, once the rioting started, I think they had a more important matter to deal with, and uh, they didn't. And, uh, and because they didn't, I, I think there are, they have um, some responsibility, obviously not as much as the rioters themselves, but I think they bear uh, uh, partial responsibility for, for not doing anything. And of course, they continued to have protests. Again, protests are understandable, but you know, knowing, uh, as we mentioned, in the previous episode, that you know, the the first night, you know, they can be ex excused because I don't think the protesters had planned on rioting, uh, and but after three days of of protests, a cycle of protests starting in the day, the rioting at night, you know, maybe they would have caught on and say, hey, you know, there's a correlation between protesting and rioting in the city. Um, but, um, again, they did not, for whatever reason, um, attempt to stop the, the rioting and looting, at least so far has been reported. I mean, I'm sure there's individual instances of people going out there protecting their stores, storefronts, and, and trying to stop people, but it's something that, you know, would need a group effort. You know, one person going after the rioters um, is not going to help. But, you know, a thousand people going after the rioters, all deciding that they're going to take care of their city uh, that they have to live in every day, um, I think that they probably could have, could have done a lot to protect the businesses. I mean, they could have at least uh, protest the uh, businesses or protests around the businesses that weren't destroyed the night before. I mean, there's no reason why you can't protest in front of a store peacefully, if that's what your intention is, and simultaneously keep the rioters from uh, attacking that that drugstore or grocery store or electronics store. Um, there's no reason... Of course, hindsight is always 2020 in these matters, but there's no reason why... You can't simultaneously protest an injustice and protect, uh, protect, provide a, a barrier of protection. And you did see that in other cities in Philadelphia. 
there were a grunt, a bunch of people uh, lined up in front of the target uh, that was around the protest, make sure that to make sure that it was not damaged. And you know, it's called uh, taking responsibility for your city. Uh, you know, the the police obviously weren't there uh, in Minneapolis, particular, and some of the other cities. They weren't there. They allowed that to happen. Sometimes you have to, um, you know, take responsibility for your own city. And and since the the p- people who were supposed to be responsible for the safety of Minneapolis and the buildings and the businesses there uh, abdicated that responsibility, at least initially, um, then it should have been incumbent on the, the people to, uh, to A, not provide cover for the rioters, uh, particularly after there was a pattern set of, of protests and rioting, like I said, you know. You know, the the first night you could be excused, but you know subsequent nights after, you know, and and other uh, rioters came in and from far and wide to riot and loot. You know, you think that they would have eventually caught on uh, and decided um, to take their protest in a different direction, or or prioritize the protection of their city above their protest. I mean, sounds like a lot to ask, but if you think about it, you know, it's your city. These people, you have to live in the in the city. You know, those a lot of the rioters came from places elsewhere. Uh, they go home. They're not going to uh, have to live in that city. And I, I remember seeing one video of a black woman confronting a couple of white, black-clad females who were graffitiing up the side of a building and basically saying, hey, stop that. No one asked you to do that. You know, we're going to get blamed for that, not you all. And that's true. And that's what happened. And, of course, the the other girls that were committing the vandalization didn't really seem to care. You know, it wasn't their building. It wasn't someplace that they probably had to live. Uh, They probably went home to the suburbs uh, where they can be comfortable and not bothered but the people who lived there and actually had to deal with that sort of thing um, they got stuck with the bill um, but moreover um, the decision was made by the city and like they said the people of Minneapolis they elected that mayor they chose him over other uh, candidates they chose him and he failed them in their time of need when he they needed police protection and and none was to be found uh at least not in sufficient numbers to stop any of the rioting or damaging particularly that first couple days of rioting again you know watching for hours literally on tv not seeing a single police car not seeing a, a single policeman in downtown Minneapolis or where, where the rioting was happening uh, if you don't see it you know what were what was the orders from the ineffectual mayor but the people of Minneapolis they 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 voted for that man 
and he failed them, and so now there's consequences to that. Now, the consequences should be paid by who? By every American? Or by the people who had most to, to lose from the, the violence and the looting? So I think the, the best way to take care of that, to fund the rebuilding of the businesses, is uh, sales tax. Raise it up a percent or two. Make it clear why that sales tax is being raised. Because um, it's not fair for everybody, someone you know, living in Idaho, to have to pay a single cent for the damage that other people in another state did because of an incompetent mayor. Now, they didn't vote for that mayor. They had no control over what the police force did. They had no control over the city council that now wants to disband the Minneapolis police. Um, of course, you know, there's just, uh, that's completely idiotic in and of itself, but that's a, a subject um, that we already covered. So getting back to um, what to do about the $55 million, I think the people... Uh, who who did the, the damage, most of, the, most of whom would live in Minnesota, most of whom probably live in Minneapolis. Um, not all for sure, but many of them. They damaged them, and so and the people have to take responsibility. Maybe that will help uh, develop a sort of peer pressure, maybe in the future, to say, listen... Um, if you riot again, if you damage the city again, all of us are going to have to pay. And maybe that will create a little bit more incentive, a little bit more peer pressure to say, say, hey, you know, um, you need to stop that. You need to, you need to stop the graffiti. You need to stop, uh, lighting things on fire. And of course, the best thing they can do is, uh, vote in. Uh, a better mayor who will who will take care of their city a little better, um, but they have to take ownership of what they did. You know, it's not for it's not fair for the rest of America to pay for the mistakes of um, one idiotic mayor and city council and uh, a bunch of people, uh, so-called protesters who were just using the protests as cover for the riots. It's not fair for everybody else. Okay, uh, moving on to, of course, there is uh, this situation over in Seattle where a bunch of, a mixture of different left-wing anarchist groups and Black Lives Matter groups have gathered together. They... Uh, basically took over this uh, police precinct in this uh, six-block um, area of Seattle, and they've been occupying that for about a week or more. And uh, so basically, they've uh, created what's called CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and, of course, they now believe they have created their own little country uh, inside a country. They're declared their autonomy from the United States. 
of course, now there's a little bit of dispute over that. Um, some of them are kind of breaking ranks and saying, no, we're not trying to secede from the United States. We're just uh, protesting. And so now some of them have taken call, uh, taken to calling it CHOP, C-H-O-P, the Capitol Hill Organized Protest. Uh, this, of course, is a movement, I think, to a strategy to keep it uh, labeled as a uh, protected free speech incident rather than a takeover of uh, an Amer- part of an American city, um, which it is. It's, it's an insurgency. It's, it's an insurrection that uh, basically they've seized land. They seized territory. Uh, not unlike what ISIS did uh, a couple of years ago in parts of Iraq and Syria to establish their caliphate. You have anarchist groups uh, now uh, attempting to start their own uh, caliphate in Seattle. And of course, there again, you have... Uh, uh, somewhat ineffectual mayor um, who basically allowed it um, because according to the police chief there the police chief Carmen Best uh, she says that the uh, abandoning the precinct was not her decision it was it would have had to been the decision from the mayor and the city council to abandon the precinct and now they have a real problem on their hands because now, eventually, they're going to have to take that back. You know, the, you can't just cede a portion of a city to anarchists. I mean, that does not go well. I mean, it didn't go very well when the Branch Davidians tried it a few years ago in Waco, Texas. Uh, so you can look and, and see what happened there. And, of course, there's... Uh, in other other places where that's been tried and that sort of thing has never ended well um no i think they would probably tell you that they're um trying to de-escalate you know trying to give them room um give them space to do their own thing uh de-escalate it uh give into their demands to do it non-violently. So there again, you have uh, an effectual liberal mayor who I th- I would uh, tend to think actually uh, if not was not in cahoots about um, what's going on in Seattle. They they uh, seem to sympathize. They give. Uh, tacit approval of what's going on over in Seattle in that uh, district that they're calling the the Chaz or now the Chop, depending on who you ask. And of course, there are various reports coming out. Um, most of this is coming from Fox News, so if you want to check the reports on there, that's where I'm relying on for most of this as to so as to cite my sources um but we've had incidents of been reported 
uh, about vigilante justice that uh, has been done. Um, there, one of the leaders is apparently a rapper um, who's uh, basically uh, using his own brand of justice to uh, you know police. It's amazing that you know, it's not surprising that a section taken over by anarchists should have anarchy. And, of course, it's really just mob rule. I mean, you know, I think they've laid bare what the natural result of their plans are. It's just mob rule. Um, whoever has the weapons, the most weapons, uh, the most people behind them, uh, will take over um, that area. And so, you have that. There's reports of fires, um, of crimes being committed. So far, no loss of life, thankfully. But different crimes have been committed, and and uh, they have their own style of vigilante justice that's been going on there. And... Uh, so it just goes to show you, it's it's just mob rule. They they talk about anarchy, but the problem with anarchy is the second you achieve it, you no longer have anarchy. You're forming some sort of order. You you have to reform some sort of order. And guess what? Uh, they they don't like the police. They want the police disbanded, but they have no choice but to develop their own police force um, or some some rudimentary form of policing themselves and settling disputes and my question to the leaders of that chop or Chaz as the case may be my question to them is what are what are the rights of the people if you are an autonomous region if you're your own country what are the rights uh, of your citizens in that country do you have some sort of charter, some sort of bill of rights? What what do you have? And I would love to know what they think is better than the bill of rights and the Constitution of the United States. Um, or do they just make up your rights as they go along? Uh, your your rights, as been said, you know, flow from the barrel of a gun. Um. So I think that would be interesting to find out uh, what their what their idea is, and also what will happen now. Uh, of course, the mayor seems happy to provide them with uh, spotter pots and things of that nature. Um, I don't know. I think if you're in a Thomas zone, then you should prove how well you can be, and uh, you know, take care of your own sanitation take care of uh, producing your own food and shelter and and things of that nature. I don't think that, you know, why why if your idea is so good that you need to uh, ask the mayor or city council or independent people to take care of your city. Why are you asking for clothing and tents and backpacks, and food, and stuff like that, um, 
if if you're really your own country, you should be able to exist independently of any other government around you. So I think they're going to find out the hard way that uh, without someone to provide these things for them, that uh, they're either going to have to figure out a way to provide these things for themselves, which I don't think six square blocks of Seattle is large enough to uh, grow uh, sustaining crops for that number of people, even the few people who, few hundred that are there. And I don't think that their idea of having no police is going to work. Uh, I think that it's ironic that uh, one of the first things they're going to have to do is form some sort of police. Um, but moreover, it's just, I don't think it's going to end well. Um, I think the best thing we can hope for is that it peters out the uh, people will get hungry or, you know, lack for food and shelter and things of that nature. Of course, the mayor and city council aren't helping. They're they're providing electricity, water, uh, food, uh, the spot of pots for people. So they're actually enabling that group to stay there longer. I think uh, probably they should re-examine their strategy, particularly in light of the fact if if you know that you're going to have to reclaim those six blocks at one point, why make it easier for them to dig in and, um, you know, you know, remain in control of that area. You know, you're only helping prolong the problem by, by providing them goods and services of that nature. You know, I think, uh, without running water and sanitation, I think that the, uh, effort would just quietly dissolve into the landscape of Seattle once they learn that it's impossible for them to live. But again, the uh, leadership of Seattle uh, is either in cahoots with the, with the, you know, you want to even call them protesters, the, the uh, insurgents, of uh, that city, they're either in cahoots or they're just wildly uh, idealistic and naive about what's going on. Uh, I kind of think it's the latter, but I think there's also evidence of the former. I think that um, the mayor there um, has a lot of tools that uh, she could use to end this and doesn't. Um, she could have a lot of things on at her disposal that could end the situation. Um, you could probably even do it peacefully. Again, you know, no, no water, no electricity in that area. I think people will um, decide on their own to vacate that area before too long. Uh, but. I think for some reason they, they think that uh, keeping the place going, allow it to keep it going, is somehow going to help. It's uh, it's not. And uh, I think uh, I think it's going to end, unfortunately, tragically, uh, if they don't, if, if they continue on this route of enabling 
the protesters or the insurgents, the insurrectionists inside the city. So you have the situation in Seattle uh, caused or enabled by the mayor. Um, Jenny Durkin is her name. Um, for uh, She will go in into history with the dubious distinction of being one of the few mayors in American history to lose an entire uh, neighborhood to an insurrection. Um, so I think she has uh, she has that distinction now to to look back on. Um, the question is now what what does she do what does she do? Um, does she bring in the police, the National Guard? Does she let them? do whatever they want um because I said the the people of that that section of town they have rights too i mean they're american citizens uh and you have business owners there who are reportedly being shaken down for money um by some of the protesters uh you have other uh protest leaders um asking for the white members of the Chaz community to give money to the black members, which I believe is kind of, I don't know, kind of racist. But you have that going on. And there's, of course, there's the, the internal struggle uh, within Chaz between the Black Lives Matter folks and the anarchists. Uh, the Black Lives Matter Matter folks believe that the anarchists and socialists have hijacked their movement, which is correct. Um, you know, they were very they took advantage of the uh, riots having to do with George Floyd, and they co-opted that cause and made it into their own. And now they're trying to form some sort of uh, communist utopian society in in Seattle. And of course we know that that seldom ends up well uh, when uh, groups um, you may remember uh, a couple a couple years back now in Philadelphia you had the move siege uh, in in Seattle or in uh, Philadelphia uh, Basically, an entire block was taken over by an extremist uh, group. Um, and that was ended when basically that entire block was was set ablaze, not by the protesters, but by uh, the mayor dropping an uh, incendiary device on the compound. Um, so you can look that up. Um, it's the move siege which happened in Philadelphia, and uh, you can see how how that ended up. And you know, I mentioned Waco, how that ended up, and now you have this block in Seattle, uh, and that that mayor, the I think she has a, a decision that she has to make now. Um, Unfortunately, 
Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether she lacks the intellectual capacity or she lacks the political will to take affirmative action, but um, Mayor Durkham, I, I think, is um, going to end up on the wrong side of history when all is said and done. Um, because she continues to enable the protesters, and that's only going to, over time, make things worse. Makes things worse for the protesters because of their quality of life, and it makes things worse for the citizens of Seattle. It makes things worse for the police, uh, who apparently didn't want to give up that precinct, but did so under orders from their mayor. Uh, now the uh, police chief there is reporting that the response time for 911 emergencies has tripled. So they're talking about 15 minutes on average uh, to get 911 response, police response to some portions of the city because of the lack of that precinct there. Obviously, if you have a precinct in the city, it's located strategically in a certain part of the city so it can uh, cover that part of the city. The citizens uh, can have help in the Police and fire departments don't have to come from too far away to respond to emergencies. That's the whole idea of having a, a precinct and having uh, precincts throughout the city. Uh, same, kind of the same way you have different fire stations uh, strate strategically placed throughout a city or metro area. Uh, so you have uh, police precincts. And they're there for a reason, and they're there to protect the citizens, the taxpaying citizens of that neighborhood that the precinct is in. And uh, the police are not allowed to do their job, and the uh, mayor is just keeping this going. Um, I don't. It's it's hard to see uh, any good outcome of this happening um maybe it will peter out maybe she'll come to her senses i mean i think unfortunately it's going to maybe take some of the businesses uh business leaders in the area uh the citizens in the area to uh provide pressure to the mayor to do something um but we'll see um we, we know one thing, that certainly the uh, people that are in Chaz, if you happen to be part of that community, you know, I, you know what are your rights? Who's going to enforce your rights? I mean, that's normally the job of the police. Uh, the police are not there, so, you know, what are your rights? And um, who's going to enforce your, your, those rights? Uh, an angry mob? Um, vigilante justice, you know, what's their solution? Of course, there is no solution. I mean, that's, they want to replace the police departments. And this goes to the larger protest uh, regarding the uh, dissolving of the police departments, disbanding the police departments. I think the idea is to 
to replace them with their people that are in line with their political objectives. Um, so, I think uh, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully it resolves itself peacefully. This uh, kind of ties into um, the conservative concept of having freedom and responsibility. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're given freedom, you know, you're not obviously free to do, do just anything. You have to um, have some sort of sense of control. You, know, you, you have to be able to control yourself uh, in order to maintain that freedom. And so you do have a certain responsibility to use that freedom or those freedoms wisely. Yeah, you know, that's why we say you know you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom to uh, yell fire in the middle of a crowded theater. You know when there's no fire. You know, so and your freedoms don't uh, you you can't use you don't have the freedom to limit anybody else's freedom. You know any any of their rights. You don't have the right to to take away anybody else's right or infringe on anybody else's right to to get what you want. So there has to be a balance struck. You know, this is what we call civilization. This is what we call uh, a Republican form of government. This is what we call the rule of law, where people agree to live under certain rules and have certain you know, self-restraints put on themselves to um, be responsible for their freedom and not infringe on the freedom of others. And so our whole, really, system of government uh, kind of depends on people being um, responsible. At the beginning of our foundation, now you had the church, particularly the, the Christian church, um, was a strong influence on the early America, uh, really well into most of the first two centuries of our existence. We had a strong belief in God. Uh, then sometime in the 20th century, you know, after World War II, there was this tendency in society to to drive God out of the public square. Of course, when, when you do that, you have to replace him with something. Uh, for communists, they're replacing that with the state. Uh, that's the whole idea of communism. It's right in the communist manifesto is to dissolve religion. The idea that... Uh, the state will become, will replace religion in the lives of people. And then you have kind of this new religion now, um, well, a couple new religions, all uh, not coincidentally springing up from the left that has abandoned the idea of traditional religion. You have the religion of uh, environmentalism, of climate change, you have, it's complete with its prophecies, 
with its priests and priestesses, you know, in the, like for example, Greta Thunberg um, has even their sacraments, uh, so to speak, that has their own code of moral ethics tied to climate change. And that is being uh, practiced by a lot of people as basically as a religious substitute. I mean, it's basically indistinguishable, really, from a traditional religion. Of course, you have the the new religion of uh, anti-racism. You can see that. And again, there there are their own... uh, Priests, priestesses, prophets. Uh, you have videos of people uh, kneeling and confessing their their racial sins before a black person, um, which is kind of bizarre. Um, it's, I can't see uh, particularly why a Christian or a Jew or any religious person really. Uh, kneeling before someone else and, and proclaiming their sins as if there was some sort of sacrament of uh, absolution being uh, administered. Um, and it's really uh, scary to see some of this. Um, but this is what happens when you uh, get rid of religion, well, there's the void. You need something to give your life purpose. And if your purpose is not to be a good person and to go to heaven or to profess the faith um, or any of those traditional things, then you replace that with either um, extreme environmentalism, climate change, theology, or you exchange that for uh and you know anti-racism uh theology you know it's it's really i would say from a christian perspective very perverse um even to a certain extent uh blasphemous uh if you're a christian uh, i mean i don't want to get too much into that I mean because I know those are charged words when you start mixing those in with the idea of government but the whole idea is if you're not governing yourself according to some sort of morals that have been established through generations and millennia of wisdom being accumulated um, and as in the case of most of the world's major religions they did didn't just pop up overnight. They're a result of generations of people, you know, trying to answer important questions on the meaning of life and their purpose for being. Um, asking the important questions of morality and ethics, and if you get rid of that, you know, you're left with a what I would in Christian terms, uh, call a hole in your soul um, that has to be replaced, filled with something. Um, some people uh, fill that with vices, you know, sex, drugs, 
things of that nature. Some people replace that with the pursuit of wealth. Some people have replaced that with uh, climate change extremism. And some people have replaced that with anti-racism, which shouldn't be confused with um, actual anti-racist uh, ideology that hopefully most Americans have, most people throughout the Western world hopefully have. Um, I don't think it's a stretch. It actually comes from the Judeo-Christian belief system that you know we are all equal under the eyes of God, and therefore your race should not matter, uh, your sex should not matter, about how you're treated, how other people treat each other. And uh, I think that's, it's one of the things that it's a real shame that our Western society has lost. I think, you know, now's a good time to reflect on that. Um, you know, if, if you take away God from the public square, what are you replacing him with? Um, now, of course, recently there is, uh, there's this science with the, you know, particularly with the advent of COVID, COVID-19, uh, there's almost a, uh, religious pursuit of, you know, fighting COVID-19. Uh, again, they have their prophets, you know, their, their prophets, you know, named Fauci and Bricks. And of course you have your hierarchy that, uh, includes the WHO and in this country, the, uh, CDC, you know, that, that replaces, uh, in effect the church, um, as far as um, providing a source of the ideology. And of course, as with most religions, you have your heretics, which would be people who dare propose that, um, you know, something like hydroxychloroquine might actually work. Um, you know, that's heretical. Uh, to suggest that maybe the lockdowns weren't a good idea is heretical in this new COVID-19 religion. And of course, they have their uh, own fervent believers uh, and, for and enforcers of the doctrines. Uh, you know, we call these people governors uh, like Wolf and Murphy, uh, Whitmer, um, and some of the other blue state governors and mayors that you might care to also lump into that. They have their own enforcers of the faith, as it were, when it comes to science and COVID-19. And so I, I think that, you know, this is a time to just get back to basics and really think hard about, you know, what direction we want to go. Um, do we want to uh, follow science? Do we want to follow uh, the, you know anti-climate? Uh, you know, you do you want to you want that to be your your religion? What do you want to do? 
you know, it's something that we all have to um, contemplate. And I think America needs to decide as a whole, as does Western culture, needs to decide, you know, if you're not going to have God, then what are what are the uh, things, what are you going to replace them with? And is that even wise? All right. Um, again, thanks for listening. That's all I have for this week. Again, I would remind you to check online uh, libertyrelearn.com for more of the written word, you know, more in-depth discussion of some of these topics. Um, try and uh, put stuff out, you know, at least um, weekly. Um, focus now is on the spoken word for right now with the with the, this bog- podcast, but um, also the written word, you know, you can look at some things, I think, at a different level then I can express them verbally, you know, to you through this form. So check that out. Um, we're also on Facebook. So if you're interested particularly in the current events side, uh, if you want to know uh, how I feel about certain current events, uh, more as they happen rather than weekly in this form, then check out uh Liberty Relearned on Facebook. And if you like this podcast, make sure you tell a friend. Uh, Word of mouth is still the best way to um, just spread the, uh, you know, spread the word of this podcast. Uh, You know, if you like it, then I think that more than likely someone else that you know will like it also. And just tell them to give it a try. We're on most of the major uh, podcast venues. Uh, of course, we make this one on, this is an Anchor FM uh, native, but you can listen to it. Uh, we're now on Stitcher, which I'm very pleased to be on. Um, I think we're in good company as far as Stitcher. And when I look through the list of like the people or the Places that distribute podcasts, I think there's only a few that stood out that I actually knew the name of. And I was like, oh, that's one of them. And I think I think we have a good start there. So, you know, if they don't like Anchor, I hope they do. But if they prefer some other podcasts or they're already uh, listening to other sources for their podcasts, then we're on Google and uh, we're on several other, and of course Stitcher uh, um, distributes the podcast to other places. So we're trying to grow, and I'm really hoping to grow the audience. And if you like this podcast, then probably someone else you know likes it also, and let them know. And I appreciate uh, you listening. Uh, we try to get this podcast out for Monday. I like to say for your drive to work, but could be now that's turned into almost an hour. Could be your drive to work and your drive home, and maybe your drive back to work on Tuesday. 
But anyhow, whoever you listen to it, um, I think that's great. And just keep it up and keep yourself informed. And uh, we will hopefully meet again next week for another episode of the LibertyRelearn.com podcast. Okay, thanks. This is JP Mac out.